from ABC News Radio, KMET 1490 in Southern California. This is Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with your host, Tyler Jorgensen. Welcome out to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio. I am your host, Tyler Jorgensen, and today I get to have uh, a guest with kind of a fun story in the fact that we first met back on April 5th, 2011. At, uh, at an event where Howard Schultz was speaking and uh, about his new book. And today we get to talk about Susan Inouye's new book, Leadership's Perfect Storm. So welcome out to the show and really good to uh, connect again, Susan. Oh, great to be here with you, Tyler. It really is. Um, yeah, you know, for the last, I think, 20 years, I've been on a mission uh, working with over now 600 businesses in 40 industries, uh, helping executives, business owners, managers transform the way that they lead so that they better engage their people, especially their millennials, which is the book is about. Um, and the results have been actually leaders leading successful turnarounds, um, increasing their productivity and profitability, and at the same time living a more balanced and fulfilled life. That's a pretty broad uh, set of, of, of topics. And so you've worked with so many different people in different industries as, as an executive coach, really focusing on uh, transformational change. What, like, let's first kind of dissect your personal journey a little bit and then get into how you're helping all these other people. Like you said for the last 20 years, that's been your, your call and your purpose. How did you first start discovering uh, that you wanted to go out and be, do a coach, you know, be a coach and, and help people in this way? Yeah. Well, my, my career in executive coaching really began with my own transformational journey. And it was working with teachers like Tony Robbins. Um, I was one of actually 20 people selected to go study with him uh, from around the world in, in San Diego for a month. And I also was learning from the teachings of Jack Kornfield, Pema Chodron, Deepak Chopra, which was really the world of being because Tony was the world of taking action. And at the same time, I was in national companies as an employee, and I was creating university training programs for their leaders. So it was an amazing time for me. And I was always very mindful, I can say, during that time of giving back. So what happened was I was very honored when my congressperson actually presented me with a congressional award for the, my contributions into the community. Very cool. Yeah. And so how did you make that shift, you know, from being an employee within these big companies, creating these, uh, you know, creating university leadership programs to, you know, making your first step as an entrepreneur? Yeah. I think what happened for me is, is that in the corporate world, and I come from the corporate world where the main leadership style was more of a command and control kind of a style. You were told what to do and you became like an order taker and you did it. And I was never very good at that. Uh, <laughs> I was more of an entrepreneur spirit. And I would listen to what they say, but I did have a really wonderful manager at the last corporate company that I was at that said, Susan, I don't care what you do. Use your gifts. Get me the results you want. And I closed my eyes to how you do it. She was amazing. So it allowed me when I worked with this company, because they actually sent me out to different, um, different companies to be right. able to use my gifts of coaching 
and training and organizational development work and start turning around companies. And it got to the point where I know I knew that I need to go on my own because I hit the glass ceiling. Um, they told me in one meeting that I had, we know you're getting us phenomenal results with our clients, but nobody can do what you do. And I said, well, let me train them. And they said, no, you either have to go back to just doing training or, you know, you might want to go out on your own. And I did. Gotcha. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's just the right natural step, right? You don't necessarily fit into the company's box, but the market needs you. And so you just stepped out. And so you said, you know, this book has been in the works for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, I think you were in the beginning stages of working on it when we first met. What was the big uh, impetus to you wanting to take your, the things that you've learned and the concepts and put it into, into a book form? Well, there was several things. I mean, my clients have always encouraged me to write my book because the way that I coach was very different than uh, what other coaches do. It was very holistic. And I think that really what happened was, is I got a call one day from um, a potential client. Actually, he was a Trojan friend of mine, a business owner. Okay. <laughs> and he called me and he said, Susan, I need your help. And I said, what happened? He goes, our whole department of millennials, they came to uh, our office, my partner and I, and said, they had signed a paper and said, we are all leaving unless you get rid of our manager. Oh, wow. And they went, what? <laughs> and they said, yeah, we have been telling you for a year and you guys don't listen. You know, you just do your business. And then three days later, the manager gave his resignation and said he was out of there because he said the culture sucked and he could, he wanted to start his own business because he could do better than they did. So, um, I realized at that point, they said, Susan, we want you to help us with these millennials, right? And I had read books and I had gone to seminars. And so I felt very prepared, right? Until that evening when my nephew and I had an argument and he said to me, Auntie, you just don't get me. And I said, what do you mean I don't get you? I've read the books. I've gone to the seminars. And he said to me, that's your problem. And he just walked out and I said, uh. and I realized in that moment that intellectually I knew what to do, but in my heart, I didn't really know how to connect and engage with this generation. So this actually led me on a, on a search. And what happened was I wanted to find a method that was not just based in academics or in theory, but was really grounded in proven results. And so, so, so would you say, I mean, it's almost like your book is the, the guide to having this, you know, there's a lot of books out there on, on leadership and millennials and that sort of thing. So, but yours is almost the guide of having like street smarts, not just the book smart side of it, but actually how to put it into real practice and make deeper connections. Um, because there's so many stereotypes about this, the current, you know, generation entering the workforce. Um, and I have my, my personal opinions on them. And I'll tell you the one thing I've, I've found personally is, uh, you can tell very quickly that there's not, in my opinion, in, in the number of employees that I've hired over the last five, 10 years, there's not really much middle ground. They're either exceptional or they're really, really struggling. And the ones that are struggling is I think where most people take the stereotype and say they're all like this. But I've found, I've found some of the best, most talented, most gifted people 
So what are some of those like street smart things that, you know, that you've learned in your, in, in your heart of hearts to make those deeper connections? Yeah. What are some of those things that people can be applying into their leadership? Absolutely. Well, you know, let me first say that there are many things that millennials want, but I found that the three things that really resonate with them, and I know this because also not only have I been working in many companies, but as I talk at conferences, um, they always come up to me and say, that's exactly what we want, which is first to feel heard, uh, to use their gifts and to have meaning and purpose in their lives. So one of the way, one of the things that I discovered was, is that in feeling heard, you really need to be able to know how to connect with them. And connection is not connectivity or communication. It's really how I feel when I'm with you. Right. And connection also is a deeper thing. It's not an intellectual thing. It uses the other innate intelligences that most of us are not aware of. And so in connection, uh, we're able to then receive what it is that they are trying to offer us. So for example, um, receptivity is one kind of practice that people are not used to because people are told it's better to give than to receive. But if you learn to receive, and you can do it in many ways, being able to receive something, say thank you, being able to ask for help, being able to listen, doing certain meditation practices where you're fully present. The aspect of receptivity allows you to be able to be open to what's being offered to you. Um, you know, and there's other practices like being able for them to use their gifts. You have to be able to see the gifts in them. Right. Yeah. That brings up, that brings up a good point because <clears throat> you use a term uh, in your leadership talks and in your book called Saubona, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, Saubona is a Zulu word. What does it mean? And how does it connect? How does it uh, connect into helping people feel heard? Yeah. So Saubona is a Zulu greeting, meaning I see you as in seeing the whole person. And there is a saying, which is people are often watched yet seldom seen. Because when we're watched, we tend to comply uh, so we don't get in trouble. But when we're seen, we're inspired to be the best that we can be. And so why this is important is because people tend, especially managers, tend to watch their people to make sure they do the right thing according to how they see it. And it's a subconscious way of trying to control others. So when we actually connect with and we see people for who they are, their gifts, their blind spots, strengths, their weaknesses, and we accept them for who they are, they begin to see and accept us for who we are. And a different conversation unfolds, one that's not uh, lecturing to each other, but one that is listening and learning from each other. And that is why seeing is so important. Yeah. What I thought was interesting was when we were reconnecting from our, from our first meeting back in 2011, I got the words mixed up. I remembered that you had, that you used a Zulu yeah. word and I was like, Oh yeah, you were the one that talked about Simunye leadership and you're like, no, that wasn't me. And I was like, Oh, I know it was. So I started, I went back and found our old emails. I was like, Oh no, you're right. You were Salbona, which means I see you. Simunye means we are one. 
and it's a and, it, and it's a word that means like uh, once you're in rapport, you know, very much like a Tony Robbins connectivity, you know, uh, NAC type thing, right? Once you've connected and you've seen that person and they see you, then you can be on the same page. Right, right, right. And, and I think it. What I think the biggest challenge with people working with millennials is so often they're not improving their their skills, right? They haven't grown in their leadership style. And, and the people coming into the workforce are a lot more multifaceted than previous generations. Well, what, what's happened is, is that we have provided no bridge, no transition for the old style of leadership, which is command and right. control, into a new way of leading, which is really about how do we um, kind of see people for who they are? How do we provide an environment where people can find meaning and purpose in their lives? And how do we be able to create that environment so they feel safe to be themselves? Is that, uh, you had yeah. that leader, that manager that, that allowed you that type of freedom, right? Yeah. yeah is, that, is, that, is that, was she kind of an early adopter to that new leadership style? She was a rare being. Yeah. She, she knew that by uh, allowing us to use our gifts and allowing us to bring forward our ideas, as long as we got the results that she needed, that it inspired us and motivated us to go beyond what she expected to invest in ourselves, the work, and the organization. And um, I remember the, the day that she left the company because she had hit the glass ceiling with the company as well. And we all cried. I mean, men and women just in the room were crying. And the reason was, is because she truly was a Salbona leader. She truly provided that safe culture where we could be who we wanted to be. And today, um, leaders need guidance in that direction. Uh, and that's why I talk about in my book about leaderships. They're so important uh, today and what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit more about leaderships. Yeah. What, what are the ones happening and, and how are these leaders that are uh, kind of remnants of the old guard? What do they need to do to make adjustments? Right. So, Tyler, maybe I can explain to you, first of all, the currents that are driving this transformation yeah, of leaders. Because a lot of people will say, well, why do I need to make the shift? Right. Um, so these currents form the, form the perfect storm in leadership today. And the first current is staying ahead of the curve. Uh, everything is moving so quickly. Right. What's new today is outdated tomorrow. And leaders today can no longer be on the cutting edge. They have to redefine the edge. They have to come up with innovative ideas that disrupt their industry before they get disrupted by an Uber swiping them out of left field. Right. So many of my executives have said to me, Susan, how do I anticipate what's around the corner when I can't even see from the pile of work I have in front of my desk? And I tell them that you can't. You need your people to help you anticipate this change. But unless you develop the leadership capabilities in them that were once required of only senior managers, uh, you won't be able to do it. And millennials want this job. They really do, as long as you know how to engage them and bring out the best in who they are. And leaderships help you to do that. Um, the second current in the perfect storm 
is the uh, millennials as the next generation of leaders. You know, often I have uh, execs and managers complaining about their young people, about how entitled they are. And I say to them, well, have you ever wondered why they're so entitled? And I ask them if they have kids. And they most often say, yes, I do. I said, okay, what do you tell your kids growing up when they graduate from high school, college? Do you tell them to just get a job and do some work and make some money? And they always jump in and say, no, no way. I tell them to go for what you're passionate about, do what you love to do, and follow your dream. I said, okay, what do you tell your people at work? And they kind of look head down and go to work. <laughs> I, I, I said, do you tell them to go for what they're passionate about right. or do you tell them to go for what you're passionate about? And the huge light bulb goes on and they go, oh my gosh, Susan, we're, make, we're the ones making our kids entitled. I said, absolutely. But guess what? This entitlement is important because it's the disruption we need to wake us up, to let go of our sacred cows, and to change leadership so it better fits the world we're living in. Um, and millennials, like I said, they want to feel heard, they want to use their gifts, and they want to have meaning and purpose in their life. But Tyler, who else doesn't want that? I mean, every generation wants that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So leaderships actually help us to fulfill the needs of millennials and every generation as well. Yeah. And you know what's fascinating is I think we're finally entering, we're finally far enough away from the industrial age where people are starting to be able to lean into their focuses, like lean into their strengths, where even just even just one generation ago, people were, okay, get a job, get a go to university, get a degree, work that job for 40 years, 50 years, retire, right? Yeah. And I think we're in the first generation that from the point they're even in, in schooling, that they're being told to chase their passions. And I think that we're on the age of another uh, massive revolution in, in, in advancement because people are going to be able to feel empowered and entitled to chase their dreams. And, and that's where the ability to innovate and to transform the like transform the world and business and and major industries are changing because of this yeah so like and partly because i'm an entrepreneur and don't think like most people <laughs> i think this is normal and exciting to me but i think a lot of those people that are in uh large companies and leadership positions i think it scares them a little bit just because it's different yeah i mean it does scare them because the thing that they fear most is, is their millennials taking over and then they don't have a job. And I always say to them, the best leaders are the leaders that can go on vacation. And when they come back, everything is running smoothly as, right. it, as if they weren't needed. Because yeah, leaders, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, leaders, what leaders are needed for is the big picture. They're needed to be able to anticipate that change, to see what's happening in industries, to be on top of what is happening in their world, uh, socially, professionally, and politically as well, because legis legislations today are being passed that, or you know, need to be passed that will help entrepreneurs. Um, there, yeah, there was a, there was a study done on like CEOs as they um, how the how the company did like the five years after they left, right. and and the the theory that they were positing was that. The people like that's what a true mark of a successful CEO is, is if the company actually runs, continues to run well, even after they leave. 
right? And I thought that was fascinating because a lot of people, their pride once oh, once I le- once I left, it just the whole thing struggled. It's like, well, you didn't build a very good machine then. But um, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's actually the old way of thinking. Um, it is that command and control style of thinking. Like I'm at the top, I give the commands and you do them. Um, and uh, so let me also say the the third current of this perfect storm yeah, because please. this is very important. Uh, the third current is the fourth industrial revolution. And it's artificial intelligence. It's robots replacing people. And so the question becomes is how do you compete with the robot? Um, What do you have that robots don't have? And we have found that it's not intellect. It's not the intelligence of our head. It's the other innate intelligence that are overlooked and undervalued. And this is the intelligence of our heart and the intelligence of our bodies, which neuroscience has proven that lead to emotional intelligence and somatic intelligence. This is what makes us invaluable, irreplaceable, and what robots can't compete with. And leaderships actually help us to develop these innate talent, innate intelligences, um, so that we are able not only to utilize them, but implement them in every aspect of our work and our life. And so, so yeah. yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, and I was just saying that, and these are the drivers of why transformation is so important uh, in leadership today. So what are some of the things, like, uh, I know you work with companies, you know, of all sizes and big companies, like, so let's say, um, you know, a company either in that, like, uh, just getting started phase, you know, one to 10 employees, and then also maybe a, a 50 employee, like, so let's go to a couple of small, what are some things that these kind of people can do um, right after listening to your show, to this episode, where they can go and at least make, you know, start to move the needle. Now, obviously, they need to get your book, and you're going to tell them where to do that in a minute. But uh, what are some things that they can apply today, just mm-hmm. to start leaning into that transformation? Okay, so I think maybe I can tell them through stories. Because a lot of times we lead, and I've got so many stories of my clients. Um, One story I really love is Kathy. Kathy was the director of tech support for uh, a company that I worked with. And what happened was one day she came to me, she was just so frustrated. She was on the verge of firing her employee, Jack, uh, a millennial. And she said, Susan, I've tried everything. I gave him incentives. I reprimanded him, nothing is working. And so I sat down with her and I said, Kathy, let's hone in on his gifts, okay? So as we honed in on his gifts, she realized, wow, this is the reason that he has the highest retention rate of any of the customer service reps because he can build deep relationships with with his customers and he is so innovative that he can solve anything. And so I said, don't punish him redirect that gift. And so she got a really wonderful idea. We had brainstorming session. And she said, she went to Jack and she said, Jack, would you be open to creating a training manual for our department and teach some of the things that make you so good? And he was happy to do it. So the results were this, the company got a training manual 
but they found out he was also wonderful at training because he was very good at communication. He trained the entire department. Productivity went up across the board. Um, and in breaking down how his method, he saw where he could become more effective and efficient. And he started to make his monthly quotas. Um, and for three consecutive years, they had record-breaking customer retention. And Kathy got promoted from a director to general manager. Very so, cool. yeah, so it gives you kind of an idea of what you could do. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about, um, about your book and, uh, and what the next step is for people. Okay. So, um, you know, I would like every I would like to do a call to action, which is Please. if anything that I said today resonates with the viewers out there uh, to join our Salbona leadership movement so we can transform the way that um, the landscape of leadership for the better. And there are three ways that you can do that. One way is right now I am looking for 10 centers of influence millennials who would love to have conversation with me so that we can find different ways of spreading Salbona into your community. And you can get in touch with me through my website, which is susanenoway.com or S-U-S-A-N-I-N-O-U-Y-E.com. And I look forward to having conversation. Um, and then the next is, is that I am actually offering to 10 companies a free one and a half to two hour workshop in exchange for buying a hundred books. And this idea came up because Tender Greens, which is a very successful and really wonderful restaurant, their CEO um, actually read the book, loved it, endorsed it, and asked me to do their leadership retreat. And he said, Susan, I have a proposition do our leadership retreat, do the workshop for free, and I'll buy 100 books for my people. And I said, done deal. So 10, you can find out more, go to my website, there's a book page. Um, and then the third way is to get the book, but not just get it, is to read it and apply its principles because they will transform your life. And you can get it on Amazon, or better yet, if you go to youthmentoring.org, Y-O-U-T-H-M-E-N-T-O-R-I-N-G.org, go to their store, and what you'll do is you'll donate $25, you'll get a tax write-off, you'll get the book for free, and you'll be helping to the inner city millennial youth. And by the way, the Salbona culture came from Tony LeRae and Youth Mentoring Connection. Uh, if you do buy the book at Youth Mentoring Connection, I just want to let you know that I'm also offering a free coaching strategy session. You just have to book it on my website under the book page. And uh, yeah, and all the proceeds from the book, just to let you know, are being donated to Youth Mentoring Connection. So Great. we're excited about that. Yeah. That's awesome. You got a lot of good things. So um, please, you know, if whichever part of, of the the spectrum there you fit on in terms of if you're a, a company that is has you know wants to bring in uh, Susan for a workshop or if you're just looking to get the book take those steps Susan really appreciate you coming out and to all of you listeners viewers watchers wherever you're dialing in here uh, for business Ninja entrepreneur radio it's your turn to go out and do something
Thank you for listening to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with Tyler Jorgensen. Please make sure to subscribe so you're first to hear new interviews and episodes. If you found this podcast to be valuable, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to visit our online dojo at bizninja.com to claim your reward for listening to the show.